0: Welcome to Life Boost. here. My name is Ryan, and I would like to thank you all for listening to my content, and please subscribe and follow my channel. Today, I'm speaking with a world-class champion and athlete from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. She has created a great impact for women and those that are in the sport of canoeing and kayaking. She started paddling at the age of 10 and began competing at the age of 14 in both canoeing and kayaking. She was the first female in in Canada to ever compete in the Olympics for Canoe Slalom at Tokyo 2020 Olympics. She has competed in the International Canoe Federation World Cup circuit each year since 2009. She won a silver medal at the Pan American Games in 2012 and a bronze medal in 2013, which then led her to getting a gold medal in the Pan Am American Games in 2017 and this was her first time ever on the World Cup final. This individual has been a vocal advocate for gender equality in her sport and was among the female paddlers who lobbied for women canoe events to be added to the Olympic program. She attended Mount Royal University and received her bachelor degree in Business Administration which then led her to continue her success in education at Royal Roads University in entrepreneurial management. On her spare time, she enjoys drawing, cooking, and volunteering to help students and communities around her. She, she supports WaterAid Canada, Protect Our Waters, Fast and Female, and Kids Sport Calgary. It is an honour to introduce a beautiful soul that has made an impact for women and females across the world. It is a pleasure to introduce Haley Daniels. Welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Um, I'm really excited to have the privilege to even get the time to talk to you. You have been making a huge world impact throughout Canada and for females, and it's just a pleasure to be on with you. Um, today, I wanted to talk about your mindset on how you wanted, on how you went to the Olympics and what motivated you to keep focused within the Olympics. What motivated you to do your time in Tokyo?
1: Uh, so I think uh, being a high performance athlete and working towards a big goal like the Olympics, um, you need to kind of make smaller bite-sized goals because it's such a big goal. It's hard to kind of rationalize how to, to get there. So, um, my mindset was really, um, showing up every day and having something that I would work on in each training session, uh, with my coach and uh, my integrated service team. So my chiropractor and my physio, my mental performance, uh, consultant and uh, my coaches. so um, it's really about just um, having integrity to what you say you want to do and um, hoping that you can put down that result on the water.
0: That's beautiful. and with your passion within canoeing and kayaking, do you plan to pursue more things within within this field?
1: I think that, um, I have a passion for sport and I have a passion for advocating for equality and that's, um, something that's deeply embedded in who I am. So, um, I hope that I can realize my passion in my next jump, but I'm not quite ready to, to start that aspect of my life yet. So, um, right now I'm just focused on, uh, taking a little bit of break after the Olympics and, um, then getting back in my boat and seeing seeing what where that takes me
0: that's very beautiful just to take the time to focus on your mental health and focus on what you need to do as an individual right and what would you recommend for individuals to focus within their own mental health what are some techniques that you would recommend for people to deal with their stress and anxiety um, as an athlete
1: i think that uh as humans, um, we have so much stress that um, comes into our life, whether we like it or not. And uh, it's really how we approach that stress and how we al- how we let it manifest in our body. Uh, so um, when I feel like I have anxiety or things boiling, um, I often like to turn to breath and journaling um so uh, i try i try to i have not been very good at it since i've been home or the whirlwind of the olympics but um i try to practice mindfulness every morning um so that's what my sports icon i call it but it's also known as meditation um and so i just try and sit for six to 15 minutes Um, i usually do a guided meditation through certain apps and um, then i just journal after of what came up Um, And I find that really grounds me. And um, when I do have stressful situations throughout the day, I can turn to the breath and not freak out and just let the story manifest in my head, right? Like it's, I think the biggest thing in our heads is that we um, have something that happens and then we start linking on to the negative aspects of it instead of um, slowing down and being in the present moment and understanding how we can get through it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you're definitely on the same page for that in regards to trying to manage your mental health. We always th- don't take that time to really take that step back and really reassess what's going on in our environment. Yeah. And it's really nice that you're taking that time to to write down about what things you need to improve on, things that um, that you, within your life that you need to improve on, and... It's beautiful to see that there's an option for individuals to be able to meditate and write it down on paper so that they're able to deal with the problems that they have, whether if it's personal issues with their identity, whether if it's issues within their ideas, within education, or even in their day-to-day life, right? And mm-hmm. and a lot of people just forget to realize that you know taking the time to meditate can really be beneficial for your life, right? And it's nice to see that it, it worked for you, which is awesome, right?
1: Yeah, and I think uh just just one thing like meditation um I think it's almost less about um being a benefit and like a chore it needs it needs to be something that you do um to be in that moment. And I think that that's the thing that we we forget sometimes when we're so consumed with tech technology and um busying our schedule like it's a moment to slow down. So, yeah.
0: And did you find that this technique really helped you when you were in Tokyo, like when you were by yourself and and you were put in these positions, were you able to do this at that time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, getting to an Olympic start line is one of the most stressful things I've ever done. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, but I did so much work the days before, and I think the bus ride to the course, I had my heart jumping out of my chest. But once I got to the course, um, I did my routine, I got ready and then when i was on the water and off the water i was um, doing box breathing and um, it's where you inhale for four seconds pause for four seconds exhale for four seconds pause for four seconds do a box um so just whenever things would kind of yeah the story would start to manifest in my head i would just do a box and it helps me to be really calm
0: and when you were at the olympics you must have met like a ton of individuals must have met great individuals throughout your path right and did you create new relationships new friendships and and create new experiences for yourself up there
1: uh so it was definitely a unique olympics where we weren't able to socialize the same way that i wish we would have been able to Um, but we had a couple of opportunities um so in the dining hall you kind of see every single body type from every single country and so uh you know you're seeing a lot of really exceptional individuals and i am actually not a big follower of a lot of professional sports so i didn't know a lot of people but my teammates um were quite involved so you know we sat at a table and they're like oh that's novak djokovic and i had no idea but i was like okay i i know that name so um or um people like Yao Ming or you know our Olympic gold medalist that just um came through Steph for our women's soccer or Damien um for decathlon so um I think the the experience of the Olympic Village and the experience um throughout being representing Team Canada was just absolutely amazing and um there's so many incredible people that are working towards such impactful things and so. it was just, it was cool to share even a space with them and know that we're all like, I think the cool thing is once you're there, like everyone's worked really hard to get there. And so um, anyone you meet is going to have an incredible story.
0: That's really special. And being, um, being a woman's advocate for female canoeing and kayaking and really being the front line of your sport, do you feel that there still needs to be more improvements for women's equality within the sport? Itself.
1: I think that uh, I'm really proud that women's canoeing finally made it into the Olympics, and um, that's a really big feat that I that I feel like um, we made a direct impact on. Uh, but yes, there does still need to be improvements in sport for women. Um, how commentators perceive women, things that are said about women on social media. Um, I think that. Uh, we need to still be respected as athletes and not just, um, objects. Um, and, um, it's, it's getting better, but there's, there's still some moments where, um, we need to remind people that. Yeah. um, And it's just,
0: yeah, totally. It's an understanding of the fact that you're human and that you're not you're not just like an object and that you have feelings, you're an individual and you have your own identity and it's the matter of separating those two and recognizing that, right? And okay. and it's something that I'm really happy that you're bringing forth to the table and really realizing that women do need more support within this, right? And it's it's a beautiful thing that you are doing sharing Um, the stories of how your success is, is changing lives for females and changing really big inspirational things for Canada itself, right? And it's great to see that you're stepping up to the plate and you're being a leader in this, right? You're a pioneer when it comes to, when it comes to this, right? And it's so beautiful that like, even like, even in your family roots, right? Like your father is huge part of history a huge part of love and it's so special to see a beautiful woman come up and be successful right kimberly daniels is incredible right and it's great to see how you two came together and formed history together within canada to really accomplish the main goal of equality and Mm -hmm. it's great that canada is really stepping up towards this right do you feel that you want to try to go out to other parts throughout the world to really express women equality? Or do you really have aspirations in trying to help females get more into the sport itself?
1: Um, I think that uh, we're... The thing about being a pioneer and trailblazing um, a legacy is um, there's a certain burden that also comes with that. So uh, it's quite exhausting (laughs) And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that look to you to, uh, put yourself out there and be vulnerable. So, um, I am still very passionate about advocating for gender equality and, um, human rights in general. Um, but I think at this exact moment, I'm a little tired and, and feel like, um, I just want to be Haley. I just want to be me for a little bit. Um, but I, I, it's as I said earlier like it's embedded in who I am and um, I will always I will always speak up for those that cannot speak up for themselves so um, it's definitely um, something that I see myself being a part of for the rest of my life
0: nice and I know that you're a big fan of cooking I know you're a very big fan of that and I wanted to know what your diet and regiment was to be successful in regards to competing as an athlete right like what was your favorite type of food or your favorite regiment diet that you would recommend for people to be healthy and successful within the gym or successful within athletics itself
1: so i'm a vegan athlete or a plant-based athlete um because i still eat honey so (laughs) i have to be careful how i say that but uh basically um i am lactose intolerant so dairy doesn't really sit well with me and then i choose not to eat meat um and i feel great when i do that um it's a little bit harder when i travel just because um places like europe are still catching up and um don't fully understand alternative proteins um but for me um i just feel like i can maintain um, a really great weight and, um, energy levels. And, um, it does take a little extra work to eat plant-based, um, because I do need to, um, have those proteins and have those carbohydrates and fats in my diet, but, um, a little bit of research and understanding what is great for my body, then I feel the best. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, kind of how I, how I look towards performance and, and the diet
0: nice very cool and what do you like to do on your spare time besides cooking and besides those other things like what's your thing that you love doing on your spare time
1: um i i think that i i really haven't had a lot of downtime. um so i think that uh what i really like doing is spending time with my friends um yeah and my family um and anything outside in in the mountains so uh being home um just being able to get out on my mountain bike um, i've been going surfing river surfing a little bit um i spend time drawing mountains uh, but i think just trying to slow down a little bit and appreciate the surroundings around me versus having fomo and trying to like Do everything at
0: once. Yeah, Yeah. it's just time to kind of calm down, relax. You've been working hard for so many years to Mm -hmm. get to this goal. And it's just nice for you to now finally take that step back for yourself and really love yourself again and really Mm -hmm. try to get back into everything. Because I know that, you know, you've been go, go, go public media, Olympics, athletic training. You've been going back and forth, traveling across the world to really reach your dreams and goals. but. It's really good now that where you can actually like take that time to to really take the time to relax for you, mm-hmm. who you for what you need, right? Because like you said, like you want to help, you want to do everything you can, but you can't really help anyone unless you love yourself first, and unless you take that time off for yourself. And so that's mm-hmm. really good, and it's really good that you're doing that, right? And not a lot of people identify this, and not a lot of people understand when they need to take time off, right? And mm-hmm. it's good that you're being able to recognize that, right? And when do you um for when you experience burnout rates so like burning out like meaning that you you're exerted you're tired you're overworked when do you know when to stop exactly so that other people it's
1: a it's, it's different for everyone uh i know for myself um the way i feel right now um it's almost like a letdown so you know when you study for an exam um and you've Spent so much time doing that, and then the day after, you just feel exhausted. So, yeah, that can be a form of burnout. Um, and so I think for me, like, um, the biggest burnout right now is mental fatigue. So, um, I just which which translates to your body also feeling tired, but and I'm also dealing with jet lag, which is still I only got like two hours of sleep last night, so I'm trying to figure that out. because um, I usually get nine to ten. Um, but i think that um managing burnout is you just have to be true to actually taking some time to slow down and actually resting um but it doesn't mean um like lying down on a bed and doing nothing like you can have active recovery like i i was i went out for a bike ride yesterday um and you know you can go spend some time with friends and, um go take my dog for a walk or things like that so i think that um How to recognize that you're in a burnout state is um, for me, often my mood changes. So I don't feel as motivated or as um, excited to do what I have sought out to do. And I think that that's a a really big indicator. And then um, when I do take a day off, not feeling recovered after that day or two days, um, that's when I know I need to take a a bigger break or reassessing.
0: Good to know that doing active recovery is not lying down. It's by going out and doing things, being spiritual within yourself and going out and, and being active with what you love doing, whether if it's reading, writing, going out, and working out or doing whatever, right? It's, mm-hmm. good. it's good to know that there's options out there, right? What would you recommend for athletes that are trying to pursue to go into the Olympics? What would, what would you recommend them to do to stay focused and to really believe in their goals as an athlete?
1: Write it down. Uh, make that goal. Tell everyone you know because um, the more you believe in it, and the more you tell people about it, it helps you believe in it yourself. Um, and I think build an amazing team around you. Um, I did not get to the Olympics on my own by any means. I had an amazing team of people that I talked about before, like my integrated service teams, um, and then my friends and family and my my teammates. Um, And I think that um, just articulating how you're feeling um, and really sharing, I think that's a big part of it. But then the other part is you've got to be willing to be gritty and um, like the journey is amazing, but it is a grind. Like you are constantly having to figure out how to be better and be willing to step out of your comfort zone. So um, understand that, any big goal that is hard does not come without hard work
0: that's really on point and and very true right and Mm -hmm. it's good to know that a professional athlete like yourself is giving this type of advice right and it's good to know that they're going to get the help that they need now right Mm -hmm. and it's it's very beautiful right and I was just wanting to know, what are your future um, goals in mind within education? I know that you're going to school for entrepreneurial management and stuff like that. And so what is your goal outside of kayaking and canoeing? What is your goals outside of that for a career or for other things?
1: So I actually haven't finished my degree at Mount um, okay. okay. I It's all good. I just wanted to, to clarify that. Okay. Sorry um, about that. I, No, no. It's all good. Um, I. I have seven years of a degree um that I've worked towards at mount royal university and um at there was a point where um I had to make a decision of uh, do I want to continue on my degree or um fundraise for what i'm doing and and uh, work towards the olympics so um, my sport does not get paid very much at all. So we have to spend a good amount of time fundraising or looking for ways to financially support the journey. So um I decided to focus most of my efforts on um finding that financial support. Um so I put my degree on hold. And um last year I started a new degree at Royal Roads University, so it's an online correspondence and then um, you go in for a two-week residency over a two-year degree. It's a full two-year condensed degree that's a four-year undergrad, basically. Um, And yeah, I think that um, I have a passion for um, business development and looking at uh, objects and figuring out how to market them. And um, I really love sponsorship marketing. So um, I'd like to dip my feet in kind of some of those different industries and see if that's where I want to work. But um, I think these next couple years, um, that's something I'd like to explore, but um, I honestly, I don't fully know right now.
0: No, um, and that's totally fine, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand, I'm just trying to see where your path of success is, right? And mm-hmm. I know that you've been doing um, an auction paddle, um, like I've been researching about uh, on YouTube on your auctions for uh, custom paddles that you do within fundraising.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I wanted to talk about this because it was like when I was watching it, it was fantastic, right? With all the different designs and different things that people are bringing, right? And going to that auction. Did you find that it's getting more successful every year as you're, as you're hosting it?
1: Uh, So as I talked about, um, we need to find unique ways to fundraise uh, to pay for the expenses for high performance. So I, I, got blank paddles and asked artists to paint them. And then we auctioned those off both online or in person to fundraise for my season. So um, it did get more successful each year. And I think it just had brand recognition and people um, started to realize what the event was, but it also took um, myself just like looking at the, the way that the fundraiser worked and didn't work the year before and then trying to adapt and make it better the next year. So um, it was really about just looking at how we could be most profitable in a short amount of time and then um, getting those paddles auctioned at the highest amount.
0: Yeah. And are you still looking for funding? Are you still looking for people to help donate towards your cause? Are you still trying to build that?
1: I I have a quite a big bill from the last trips that we just had um, just because we had to spend um, the majority of the year in Europe Uh, so I left in January and I didn't come home until after the Olympics um, here now in August Whoa! (laughs) Um, so it's a very long time away from home and um, uh, I did have to pay for a good chunk of it so um, I do have a fundraiser online um, through Make a Champ, that's a crowdfunding fundraiser, and we're we're actually ninety four percent funded, but um, there's still about eight hundred dollars that I do need.
0: Awesome. And I will put that link in the description of my podcast, and I will ensure yes. to put that in there because definitely it's it's very stressful to be in this position. And like you said, it takes a lot of time and work um, to actually get the funds to to do your dreams and to actually pursue what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And throughout the years, like you've been working so hard, to get where you're at and it's so beautiful to see you actually still winning in the sport you're still kicking ass and you're actually trying to make yourself happy and it's it's really beautiful to even have the privilege to even talk to you and to even understand some ways of how to deal with stress and ways to make yourself a better athlete or individual right Uh, a lot of people nowadays don't know how to reach out for help a lot of people don't understand when they need help or how they can get the resources to be successful and I'm glad that you were able to talk about some of the ideas and ways that you do things and it was really special to see the perspectives from your side from a, uh, from a Canadian professional athlete and you know it's it's great you know what I mean like even though that you did not get the medal in Tokyo you're still a champion in Canada you're still a hero in Canada you're making a huge change for the world and I want the world to know that what you bring is beautiful, beautiful things. It's, it's something that no other Canadian athlete that I'm seeing right now in the market that's actually making a change for gender equality and actually stepping up towards what you love within the sport and having a passion towards it. And like you said, your sponsors and your affiliates and everyone helped assist you to get you to the Olympics. And it wasn't just you that got to the Olympics, but the first person that started off was you. And the mental mindset to even get there in the first place is a huge accomplishment. And I just want to say it's a pleasure talking with you. And it's a pleasure even getting the chance to even learn things from you. So thank you so much, Haley. I do appreciate you for coming onto my channel and everything. It was greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.